podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Miller, lovely cushion header. But you're you beauty! What a headshot! What a head! The time to Luis Garcia. Tries his mark. Hello and a warm welcome to this, your Champions League preview podcast here on Anfield Index. I am your host, Andy Wills. And I'm joined once again for a momentous match. It's the second leg of the uh, the Champions League first leg, uh, first leg, <laughs> first knockout stage against Bayern Munich. We're away from home, all to play for. And I have got Bundesliga writer and gig and pressing podcast regular Chris Williams with me again to look ahead to this huge match. Chris, how are you doing? And I'm doing very well, thanks. Um, just hoping we get a little bit more of a football game because um, I exceptionally built this game up. I think I said it'd be 3-3 and it was nil-nil. So what do I know? <laughs> yeah, football, eh? Um, <clears throat> I've got to say it was um, it was quite a surprise to me as, like yourself, somebody who watches uh, Bundesliga football on a, on a regular basis, um, having watched Bayern Munich and the way that they play and all of their little um, vulnerabilities that we so often see, they come to Anfield and Niko Kovac goes and does a little bit of a shift around. He goes and kind of plays almost uh, Eintracht Frankfurt football from last season, except with Bayern Munich, and he does it to uh, great aplomb, really. Yeah, he did. It, it was a surprise because, as you're quite right, Bayern tend to like to play an open game and, and try and attack and obviously Kovac has done his homework and you know he will have seen Liverpool last season especially in this competition at this stage now round of 16s when it all kicked off for Liverpool that away fixture in Porto where they just dismantled them and um, obviously he's a top coach so he did his homework and yeah Bayern came and put in what, what everybody's calling an Eintracht Frankfurt performance and obviously for those who don't know Kovac was previously at Eintracht Frankfurt who were an exceptionally defensive team but could strike on the counter and were very physical and, and very aggressive and that's something that's not been seen since his move in the summer but yeah all the frailties you quite rightly um, explained that they'd had and, and Mats Hummels was one of the biggest frailties he had I thought he had a tremendous game at Anfield as did Thiago um, and Jave Martinez who was someone that was on the transfer list and, and after that game He's come back into favour. Um, Leon Goretzka was ruled out on the um, on the Monday night of the training. I was there for that. He didn't show up for training. Um, and then Martinez was parachuted in. And, and he's been pretty much a rock-solid um, presence in the side since that game. So um, for, for Liverpool fans like you and I, uh, that was probably the worst time for Bayern to get some extra form because, I mean, it was disappointing Liverpool didn't get a goal. But as Jurgen Klopp said at the end this result will look better for Liverpool the closer it gets to the away leg. And I think now nil-nil is set up quite nicely for Liverpool to, to maybe do something similar. And if we get one goal, 
Uh, sorry, should be more professional. If Liverpool get one goal, um, the, the tie's uh, completely reversed. Yeah, that is the big thing in this. I think it's absolutely vital that Liverpool got that clean sheet. If you can't win the game, keep a clean sheet and it's all there to play for in the away leg. But but just on this on this uh, first game, this first leg, I, I've got to say, Chris, I thought it was it was clear from pretty much the off that there, there was a game plan here from Kovac. But I think that we were quite successful maybe 20, 25 minutes in. We got them, to, we drew them into the kind of game that we wanted to play. And I think, I'd say, the kind of game that the Bayern Munich players instinctively like to play. Uh, and it was kind of that way up until half time. And it was, for me, that, that 20 minutes was just tremendous to watch. It, it was enthralling football. But obviously, Kovac got them in at halftime, reaffirmed, no, no, this is the game plan. And they came out second half and absolutely stuck to it, to the point where that second half was almost a non-entity, I felt. Yeah, it was. And Liverpool had really good chances to to maybe go a couple of goals up. Um, Sadio Mane probably had the best one um, when he turned and it fired just wide of Neuer's right-hand side post. And... I think that I think he didn't expect it, Sadio Mane. Um, and then Mohamed Salah had, had a good opportunity on the back post as well, and unfortunately it didn't go in that night. Um, but yeah, they they did wobble a little bit, Bayern. And uh, I remember I was sitting in a press box at the time and, and thinking, why are Liverpool playing it around at the back so much? And Alisson seemed to hold on to it for a little bit too long for my liking. And then it sort of became apparent to me that Liverpool were trying to force Bayern into a press so they could almost start a false counter-attack. So the ball um, was coming either from Alexander-Arnold or Robertson. Predominantly Robertson and Matic will play it back to Alisson and that was allowing um, Bayern's three of Coburn, Rodriguez and Gnabry to push forward, which made the two holding midfielders go higher and then Liverpool looked to counter-attack straight away, which I thought was a very interesting um scenario those on the cop and in the main stand weren't particularly happy uh, I think they were a little bit nervous with Alisson holding on to the ball a little bit longer and maybe taking that risk at the back but sometimes it's it's high risk for high reward and I think that's how Liverpool were able to get past Bayern in that first half but yeah you're quite right second half um, I thought Javier Martinez was brilliant and Thiago um, uh, and I suppose it was a sign that in the end, um, Kovac substituted his entire um, second bank of three. So I think he was quite happy with the nil-nil result. And I think you would maybe say Bayern are slightly favourites. I know if it was the other way around and it was nil-nil and it was coming back to Anfield, everybody would certainly fancy their chances. So I can see Bayern definitely will fancy theirs. But you know, as I said, that away goal will be so crucial. Yeah, it, it absolutely will. I mean, like you said, that it was kind of a fascinating game of uh, cat and mouse. Um, just one thing though, how was it? Uh, how was it taken uh, in Germany in the media there then? Uh, because, like we've said, you know, this wasn't Bayern playing how we are used to seeing Bayern play. That you know, this wasn't almost like a, the the Bayern way. This was Bayern changing their tactics and playing it in a different way. Was this seen as as a smart move and an intelligent play, or was this looked on as a, a little bit negatively, almost like Bayern are, uh, how would you put this, a, a Bayern are almost say, uh, accepting that this team might be better than us if we go into a, into a bit of a gunsling. 
No, it was it was a very positive performance on the whole. Um, I think the fact that they they stopped Liverpool scoring at all was seen as a massive positive because this is a Liverpool side that has you know frequently um, smashed in quite a couple of goals this season. Maybe not as many as we would have seen last season, but prior to this game, Liverpool had beaten Bournemouth three 0 They'd also scored in in every game for. Oh, I mean, we have to go back a long way. Um, a long, long way until Liverpool last didn't score a goal. I think it was the UEFA Champions League in November when Liverpool failed to register a goal against Red Star Belgrade. They scored in every game since then. So for um, for Bayern to reduce Liverpool's attacking content to maybe two clear-cut chances was was taken on the whole as a positive. And also it was seen as a pretty much as, as a solid defensive display because Bayern had been um, chastised in the media quite recently for uh, leaking goals a lot. I mean, they just about scraped past Augsburg in, in the fixture before, and they leaked a goal to Schalke. They were absolutely battered by Bayer Leverkusen, even to some of the um, relegation-threatened sides like Stuttgart, and they've also leaked a goal. Um, so I think the the nil-nil was seen as maybe a positive affirmation that Kovac's defence had, had moved on slightly. And um, I think as much as it was perhaps viewed in, in England that Liverpool should have maybe scored. The opposite was, was done in, in Bayern, that this was a very safe away performance, all set up for a, for a good display in the Allianz. Mm, yeah, uh, and the form since, because this is kind of something, isn't it? You, as you mentioned there, the game before the Liverpool game for Bayern, they they struggle to beat Augsburg. There's no two ways about it. And I've, and I've got to say, you know, watching that game, I thought Augsburg were, were awful. You know, they, they looked really, really poor in possession. Uh, it, it looked like it was two two teams down the bottom end of the league, the way that Bayern was surrendering possession so freely at times. And, and they looked so susceptible. And it was, you know, that they just managed to get through that game and, and win it 3-2. But the form since, it's almost as though, it's injected a kind of you know steely layer of confidence into Bayern that this this uh, goalless draw that they've got because after after that game beating her to Berlin one nil okay not a great performance but doing what they needed to do and then last weekend the absolute demolition uh, of Borussia Mönchengladbach by five goals to one and and I've got to say Chris um, almost ominous the way that they beat uh, Gladbach that game. Yeah, it was. And, and for those who aren't maybe as familiar with German football, um, Borussia Mönchengladbach was second at one point above Bayern in the league uh, and were touted as potential title favourites to push um, Borussia Dortmund all the way. And uh, Bayern have, have got themselves back onto goal difference now behind um, Borussia Dortmund. And depending on how the fixtures fall this weekend, could go top of the Bundesliga by the time they meet Liverpool. So um, the performances have been have been very good. You're quite right. They just about got past Hertha um, Berlin after that. But don't forget, this is a side that they had just about got past a couple of weeks previously in the Pokal after extra time. Um, and then also it's a side that had beaten them 2-0 in the Olympic Stadion. So to turn both those results around and put a, maybe a pretty much standard 1-0 victory uh, was good. And um, Javi Martinez was on on target again in in that game, so he took his performance at Anfield and took it up a notch. And then, yeah, you're quite right. They played Borussia Mönchengladbach and and five one 
probably doesn't really tell the whole of the story. I mean, the game should have been, it wouldn't have been an embarrassment for Bayern if they'd won 9-1, maybe even 9-2. Gladbach did have a couple of opportunities, but yeah, it's the way they cut through and um, Thomas Muller was excellent. Obviously, he's not available for the Liverpool game, but it was pretty much the same sort of setup. So um, James Rodriguez was playing, Gnabry was there. Obviously, Lewandowski was up front. But the holding midfielders of Martinez and Thiago and the back four pretty much the same, Rafinha, Boateng, Sula and Kimmich. So it was a strong performance that has basically gone out and and almost recaptured the lead uh, of the of the Bundesliga, but they've done it in phenomenal fashion. And the problem for Liverpool now is that Bayern won't be afraid because I think in Liverpool they see a, a 100% reflection of Borussia Dortmund Liverpool were a side that were top of the league by um, seven, eight points at one point this season. Um, they were flying high in all the competitions and of of late, they've sort of fallen off, dropped points where they shouldn't have done, maybe not put in the right sort of performances. So I think Bayern won't be scared because they will go, actually, we've caught up with Borussia Dortmund. They're on the exact same trajectory as Liverpool. We've got nothing to fear here. Yeah, I, I think something that struck me in that Gladbach game as well is, is not just the, the way that they attacked because they did cut them apart, is they, to me, looked, they did look more solid. As though that, you know, that that performance in Liverpool has almost, you know, showed them that they can be a bit more solid, uh, not have to give up quite so much space behind, yet they can still be an attacking threat because they seem to, uh, I thought they were quite sort of compact, win the ball, and they were hitting Gladbach so quickly. And there was so much hunger and desire. I mean, obviously, there was the quick start that went straight at Gladbach. Both halves, I mean, obviously, for some people who are listening, might might not be too familiar, but Bayern Munich scored within two minutes of the first and second half. They, start, they, they were really on it, weren't they, Chris? They were alive and bright and at it from the very first whistle and I think this is something that Liverpool really have to be careful of. Yeah, is they they were out from the from the first moments and if anyone is not out of the chance maybe they can look back the highlights of that game because Bayern you're quite right were full of intent and um listen to, it was interesting to listen to Oscar Vent at the end of that um game who's a left back for um Borussia Mönchengladbach and he said it was pretty much crazy to give a side as good as Bayern Munich um, a two-goal head start inside 11 minutes. Um, and after that, there, there was a period where Gladbach sort of got back into the game and, and they did get a goal through Lars Stindl, who's assisted by Torgan Hazard, who are two very good attacking players and and maybe in a, in a similar sort of vein to Liverpool. So the fact that Bayern leaked that goal um, is still a positive for, for Liverpool fans watching. But you're quite right, it's the way they came out after half-time on the 47-minute um, mark to get three. Um, and then the game was pretty much over by then and they added a, a further two. But as I said, it could have been a further five, maybe. Sorry, it could have been a further three or even four goals and it wouldn't have looked bad. And you would expect Liverpool to be a lot better at the back. But the fact that Bayern can now score these quick goals, you know, you would hate to be in the Allianz on Wednesday night and, and a replication of that Bayern to be up two goals inside 11 minutes. I'm, I'm quite sure Liverpool could get one back, but what that would do, not just to the players, but to also the crowd along the side. And once the Allianz starts to rock, it is quite an intimidating place. So Liverpool will be have to be very aware because I think that 
Um, Kovac will, will want something similar from his side. He'll want to try and blow Liverpool away inside the opening moments in the same way that Liverpool um, did to Roma and did to Porto away and did to Manchester City. They they got on the stranglehold of the game and, and pretty much put it to bed very, very quickly. I mean, that Roma game, it, there was goal after goal and, and that's what you need to, to put a side to bed in the Champions League. So it's going to be a very, very close game Um but as I say, if Liverpool, if Liverpool could score first, uh, I think Liverpool would have a massive foothold in that competition. Yeah. Uh, just before we move on to, to Liverpool's recent form, uh, one last thing. I kind of, I guess this is a bit of an intangible, but um, uh, this week uh, the German national team manager Joachim Love has announced that um, that's it. Now he won't be uh, picking Mats Hummels, Jerome Boateng, or Thomas Müller. Uh, in the national team squads anymore. Uh, obviously, we know that Muller's not going to be involved in this game, uh, and it's uncertain, you know, whether or not Boateng will be involved either. But I, I just think about the way that it's kind of galvanised these players and this kind of determination that they really want to make. You know, you know, some of the things that they've said. You know, they really want to make a point here. Do you, do you think this? You know, this the timing of this it could also kind of work in their favour. And I, I just thinking, Chris, the, the the response, the the you know the the strong response that they've come back with. I just wonder whether this has kind of galvanised the mentality and and the squad kind of behind these players to really sort of prove a point. Yeah, it, it's um, it's a strange time, and and obviously it's a it'll be a disappointing one for those players because I mean they found out via a press conference, which is very strange. Thomas Muller um, put a video out on social media pretty much straight away. Um, Boateng wasn't particularly happy, and and neither's Hummels. And I think what they've given to the German national side and to the German nation as footballers uh, over the years is probably worth a better send off than what they've got. So. Will it galvanise them potentially? Um, you would expect Hummels to start over Boateng. He will probably want to put in another good performance. You could probably see him pushing forward to try and grab a goal. I mean, what sort of message would that send to um, Joachim Love? As you right, quietly say, Muller will not play. But if, if Bayern are to get a positive result, you could expect him to be quite active on social media afterwards um, towards the national team manager. Um, and also... Um, some of the, the, the Bayern back staff aren't particularly happy. I mean, this isn't the first time it's happened. Um, Oliver Kahn has dropped from the German national side before a very important game in, in uh, for Bayern, and, and they lost that game afterwards. Um, but I don't think maybe you could put it down to that because he didn't have a particularly poor performance. It's just they were beaten on the night. I mean, that was going back quite a few years now. But, um, yeah, it's going to work one or two ways, isn't it? You would you would hope that if it was the other way around, if it was Liverpool players that had been maybe hung out to dry a bit, you'd want a big response from them. And maybe that's what we'll um, we'll get on on Wednesday night. But it'll be interesting to see, especially how it how it affects the players mentally, because I mean the three of them are exceptional players, and I think with the experience they've got, they will probably be quite angry and looking for some sort of um, of, of payback and 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 make, maybe not make Joachim Love look like an idiot, but make him look wrong for, for making this decision and making it so publicly. And, and before such a big game and such a big part in Bayern's season, that you know, they're pushing for the Pokal, they're pushing for the Bundesliga, they're also pushing for the Champions League. So there's a treble on for them. Um, and so the timing, yeah, is a bit off. And I can see why Kovac and um, Uli Honus and etc. weren't particularly happy with it. 
Uh, hopefully Liverpool will uh, make Love look uh, like he made the right choice. <laughs> So on to Liverpool's recent form. Since since that uh, first leg uh, goalless draw against Bayern, uh, Liverpool have drawn nil nil away to Man United at Old Trafford. Uh, then beat Watford at home five nil, but then have drawn away to Everton. Um, obviously, this we're recording this before the weekend matches. So I, th- I think the trend in there, Chris, is away from home. Liverpool have actually been, you know, quite disappointing in these sort of tight I know they're derby like atmosphere well one is a derby and the other is a derby like atmosphere uh, but it's going to be supercharged at the Alliance as well uh, and the approach I feel from Klopp not the more sort of attacking and it's it I don't know whether it inhibits inhibits us um, whether it's there's a difficulty there for Liverpool to kind of up the tempo you know after seeing through a difficult period can they really sort of up it that can you see, you know, that contrast between playing away, uh, playing at home to a, a weaker side in, in Watford, a more open team, and then to going away from home against teams who want to keep it tight in that that feverish atmosphere? Any concerns there in Liverpool's form? Do you think going going into this game? There is a slight concern for me to Liverpool's form. I mean, you take any other season, and I know a nil-nil draw away at Old Trafford and a nil-nil draw away at Goodison, you would actually say that's not quite a bad return for um, being away from home uh, to you know hostile grounds, grounds where you're not liked, grounds where you're not wanted, grounds where you know that team does not want you to win under any circumstance. I think where the the problem for for Liverpool supporters, and I put myself in this bracket on that, is it's come at a time when Liverpool have um, allowed Manchester City to get back into a title race that pretty much City thought they were out of. Um, and if we can go all the way back to the draw against Leicester, really, and I think that draw against Leicester at home showed that Manchester City had a way back into this title race, and, and Liverpool have unfortunately gone on and dropped a number of points. I mean, I'm not a big fan of um, of when people say, "Well, actually, you know, you haven't been beaten. You, you've drawn a couple of games." Well, if you draw. Um, three games you get three points <laughs> I'd rather win one and lose two because um, and that might sound daft but you're on the same um, points trajectory but I think when you lose a game it sort of focuses the mind Liverpool got beat by Manchester City um, and then unfortunately they, they got dumped out the FA Cup by Wolves 2-1 but after that they won 1-0 and 4-3 and I sometimes feel that a defeat can help recharge the system because at the moment Liverpool have been beaten once in the league this season um, and, and you would go that's a really good season but then they've dropped a lot of points through draws and yeah for me the form going into this the nil-nil against Everton the nil-nil against Manchester United the 1-1 against West Ham the 1-1 against Leicester you know there is um, what well, there's four points um, out of a return of 12 that isn't particularly good if you're pushing for a title and then I don't think it um, relates well to a team that are pushing for for what is the world's best club competition. I don't know if it puts you in that right frame of mind because for me, the frame of mind around the whole of the club at Liverpool is well, we haven't been beaten, but then for me, I think dropping the points is is just as bad as being beaten in certain times. Yeah, I think the overriding thing for me was certainly like in the game against Man United, it's the the, the performance. It just really, really lacking anything. Then come back, fantastic against Watford. Um, you know, brilliant performance, fantastic result. But then straight into the Merseyside derby, 
And it was, I think the concern for me was, you know, away from home, that kind of atmosphere, that you know, that kind of game, it was almost like a lack of adventure. Uh, and that is what I, I kind of worries me going into the, the buying game, is if we go into, if if Liverpool go into the buying game at the Allianz with a lack of adventure, you know, thinking what we just need to shore it up, we'll shore it up. I, I think the, the, uh, the real sort of, the worry is that it becomes like some of the away performances earlier in this uh, Champions League campaign, where it was almost like a negative flat midfield looking to keep things tight and it lacked the creativity, it lacked the adventure. And like I mentioned, it's that inability to kind of change the game, you know, sort of two thirds in and really up the tempo and and get at the team and, and do something different because it's almost as though once the pattern of the game is set, that's that's it. That's what Liverpool are going to be for the rest of the game. So can you see where, where I'm coming from in, time, in terms of uh, just just the, the approach, I, I think, is absolutely key here from Jurgen Klopp? Yeah, it is. And, and last season, I think Liverpool were too attacking and, and that ultimately made them less defensively stable. And this season, the defence is, well, it's, it's the best in the league. The defence is top draw. And now the attack's gone slightly off. So it's as almost as, as if we try to fix one area and, and it's like a seesaw and the balance has gone in completely the opposite direction. Um, I mean, this game in, in the Alliance, I think is going to be helped by, by the Burnley game, which quite rightly said, you know, we're recording this before the Burnley game's played. If Liverpool can get a good result against Burnley on Saturday, on Sunday, I think it might give them a bit of a string, a springboard to go into the game midweek against Bayern. If, I mean, if it's another nil-nil at home, or if it's maybe even if it's just a, a close one-nil, while that's three points on the board and that's excellent, I worry how that would then take Liverpool into the game against Bayern. Um, but it's certainly a, an important part of the season, and I think Liverpool had chances to win the game at Manchester United. I think, as we've already discussed, they definitely had the chances to win the first leg against Bayern, and they had chances to win against Everton, and they weren't taken. Now, we can argue Jurgen Klopp's substitution. Me, personally, I, I think that the substitutions were wrong on on uh, Sunday against Everton. Um, Klopp thinks they're right, and, and this is where I feel that maybe nil-nil isn't good enough um, and, uh, against Everton when you're fighting for the title. And, and if you're fighting for the title, but you're playing catch-up, you need to be picking up points. I think it doesn't help that Liverpool have dropped a tremendous amount of points and allowed Manchester City back into a title race that at Christmas looks sewn up. So... Um, any other, I'd say any other time of the season, I'd quite happily take a nil-nil away um, and I'd take a nil-nil at Everton and Manchester United and maybe even the performances given. But the fact that the performances are coming off the back of some disappointing draws, it makes me feel that maybe Liverpool are in a rut where they, they can't score unless the team are very open and Watford were surprisingly open and Liverpool blew them away. Um, United and Everton, not so. Um, and you would expect Burnley to be similar. Um, but then... Kovac and Bayern have to go out and they have to score. I think that's Liverpool's main advantage in this game is that um, it can't be nil-nil. Um, and Bayern, I don't think at home, will look to play the same and hit Liverpool on, on a counter-attack, score one goal and almost give an away performance. That would be looked at as very, very negative in Bayern um, or in Munich and a whole across the whole of Germany. So 
I'd expect a more open game, which hopefully should play into Liverpool's hands. Well, well, that's the next question then. <laughs> Looking at the buying approach, as you mentioned, you know that they do have to score, and this is the thing. So they will have to come out. Uh, whether or not it's tight, you know, for the opening kind of twenty minutes, or whether Bayern go for the throat like they did against uh, Gladbach, um, the fact is, the fact remains, they do need to score. They, they've got to get a goal, and you would think that the way that Bayern normally play at home, the the instinct that they have within their team, that they've they've got to they've got to push forward more than they did, and they, and you think as well, Chris, that. The fullbacks have got to go beyond the halfway line because what we have seen from Bayern so often is the fullbacks are integral to uh, to their attacking play. You know, Joshua Kimmich is is uh, is heavily heavily involved, and he's not going to be playing a part in this game as well. So, could could there be something in there? You know, with the, with that space in the fullback area where they they're now going to be pushing, having to push on a bit more. Could that be the key to the game for Liverpool almost? Yeah, I mean, those are the areas where you expect Liverpool to be their strongest. Um, if Liverpool can maybe sit back, take a little bit of pressure off on from Bayern and then hit Bayern on a counter, um, the way the teams should line up, especially with Liverpool's front three and maybe even front four if he wants to play a 4-2-3-1, that's where Liverpool's strength is. It's attacking quick. I mean, you look at both wing-backs and, and maybe anyone that can play in the wing-back um, positions for Liverpool are very quick and then that front three is one of the quickest in Europe on his day uh, and in the right frame of mind Mohamed Salah can pick the ball at 20 yards from the Liverpool goal and, and go all the way to goal and score so you'd expect Liverpool to, to maybe be more favourites in that area if, that, if that's the way um, Liverpool are going to try and approach the game but I mean, Bayern have got a very difficult game coming up um, on the weekend. On this coming Saturday, they play um, VfL Wolfsburg, who are um, doing quite well, actually. The past two seasons, they've finished 16th, and they've been in a, in a dreaded relegation playoff in Germany where the 16th place side in the Bundesliga plays the third place side in the second Bundesliga. Um, and they've just scraped through um, against some probably poorer sides than the Bundesliga's ready for. Um, but they're going to play... Uh, an improved Wolfsburg under the coaching of Bruno Labbadia, and they will get a very good game on Saturday. So uh, that's one for Liverpool fans to keep an eye on to see how Bayern play, because Wolfsburg have played very attacking, and maybe this could be a little insight into how Bayern play. I mean, if it's 3-2, 3-1, you'd expect Liverpool to defend better than Wolfsburg. But, I mean, Bayern, um, prior to the Liverpool game um, at Anfield, hadn't kept a clean sheet since the since late December now against Eintracht Frankfurt now I know the Bundesliga goes on a on a, well, a three week break but teams have scored against them Schalke who were dreadful scored one Augsburg who were just as bad scored two um, by Leverkusen put three past them Stuttgart um, managed to get one past them as did um, Hoffenheim so they can leak a goal and and that's the most important thing for Liverpool is that this Bayern side can leak a goal and in such an important game like this. Um, what will their response be? How how would they respond to going a goal down early? How would they respond to going two goals up and Liverpool get one back? Will they be very nervous? We've seen that before um, of Bayern this season. And you only have to look back to their very last game um, against Ajax where they drew 3-3. I mean, that will do Liverpool for a start. Um, so in the Champions League, Bayern have leaked goals occasionally, which is which is a good sign for Liverpool because, as I say, one or even two goals will be enough to win this. Um, not only the tie, uh, sorry, not only the leg, but the tie as well. 
Yeah, I think so much rests on who gets that first goal as well. Obviously, it plays into Liverpool's hands. If they can get the lead, Bayern have really got to open up, and that does play into Liverpool's strengths, as we mentioned. You know, that obviously a much better team than Watford, but that kind of openness and the space that they they allow, that that just Liverpool love that, absolutely love it, and and they can really really punish teams for that. So, getting that first goal could be the the really decisive factor in this tie. I feel, Chris. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Um, if Liverpool were to score first, I think that, and if they were to score early, that puts um, Kovac's all his match day plans completely out the window. I think if I was Kovac, I'd be looking to maybe keep keep it tight for the first half um, and then hit Liverpool in the second because what there's old adage of football is you can score too early. I think if Bayern were to score very early on, Liverpool have the ability and talent to, to get back. If they were to score in the first minute, that then gives Liverpool 89 minutes to find an equaliser. So I would, me personally, I would try and keep it tight until the last 45 and then play football because what you don't want to do is give Liverpool an opportunity to, to maybe get themselves back into a game. And if you can only give them half of that game, um, then maybe we'll, we'll see. But it's um it's a, it's a difficult one. I think what Bayern don't want to be doing is going into extra time. So um, I don't think anyone wants that, especially not me, because I'll be there and, and it's an hour forward um, in Europe. So there'll be an exceptionally late finish. And I don't know if my heart will take it. But um, I think if I was Kovac, that's what I would do. I would, I would put in pretty much a solid first half and then and then try and take Liverpool apart in a second. Yeah, and in terms of expected teams then, um, I think with Bayern, as we know, there's no Thomas Muller available, there's no Joshua Kimmich available. Uh, it's The reports are that uh, Kingsley Coman will, will not be fit in time to, to face Liverpool as well. How do you see Bayern uh, face, uh, lining up in this game? Yeah, I mean, if there's if there's no Kimmich, they can they can bring Rafinha in who can play at right or left back. Um, and I mean, no Kingsley Coman is a problem for them because there's no Thomas Muller. So then you're going to have to look at someone like Renato Sanchez, maybe playing a little bit further forward. Um, then they've got some very young players who are untried and untre- untested. So I don't think um, I don't think we'll see uh, Wu Yong Ji Yong. I don't think we'll we'll see that. Um, player we may see Alonso Davies from from the who came from the MLS from the Vancouver Whitecaps we could see him potentially in this game but I mean even if Bayern are a few players down they will still have the likes of Hummels they will still have Sula so their centre-back partnership should be quite good you would expect um, James Thiago and, and Martinez to play some type of role um, Serge Gnabry as well and, and obviously the danger up front that is Robert Lewandowski so even their bench is pretty good you've got the likes of Sanchez um, but they will have to bring in some of their younger players which um, if they can start with their best 11 but maybe pick up a couple of, of, of unforeseen injuries I mean you just have to look at that Manchester United game where there was three substitutions before the first half if something similar was to happen to Bayern I, I think they would be um, a really vulnerable side there but then also if something was to happen similarly to Liverpool I think the vulnerability would be there but on the night even with key players missing Bayern have still got strength in depth to cause Liverpool a variety of problems They have indeed and is, is there been any news on whether or not uh, Goretzka might return and and I know Robin is is close to returning or, or there was reports that um, he was he was close to being involved uh, and what about uh, Ribery as well? Because he, he, I'd seen him in, with a knock, was it hamstring injury? 
Yeah, they have got a few um, niggles and, and a few problems. And I think this coming weekend against Wolfsburg, um, whoever starts that 11 should give us a, an indication of who will play the, the vast majority of the of the 90 or 120 minutes in the midweek at the Allianz. And I wouldn't also be surprised to see maybe a couple of players rested on the bench. It's, it's going to be a difficult one for Kovac. Um, and I'm certainly going to be keeping my eye on... Um, on Saturday's fixtures just to see how Bayern uh, line up for that because um, he's got a number of opportunities. He could parachute the two young lads I mentioned in. He could put Alonso Davies and Wu Yong Ji Yong. He could start those left wing um, and right wing um, predominantly those players are respectively. So if he did that, then maybe I would think Serge Gnabry is being saved or if Goretzka makes the bench, is he being saved? And um, maybe Martinez and Thiago might not get a start. Expect someone like Renato Sanchez to. So it is going to be very, very interesting to see our Bayern line up because it'll tell us one or two things. Who's fit and who's not quite fit for this game but has made the bench and will be in contention on Wednesday night. Yeah, there's a real opportunity potentially there for Liverpool, isn't there? With, like you say, with with Bayern almost down to the bones in terms of injuries and suspensions. So <clears throat> I think we can pretty much presume unless there's any last-minute injuries or illnesses, that we know that what the front three is going to be for Liverpool. We we know the goalkeeper, obviously, Alisson. We know what the back four is going to be. It's I think the real question now is, what is going to be the makeup of, of that midfield? Uh, what is going to be the shape? Who's going to be in there? I mean, who who do you expect to start in that midfield for Liverpool? Um, at the moment, I couldn't see anything past... Um, I mean... If you're going to go with the three, I would hope that Fabinho um, gets his position because I think he's been excellent of late. Um, me personally, I, I will probably put Wijnaldum in, but I've got a feeling that Klopp might go for a bit more experience. So, I mean, will he start um, Henderson and Milner together? That, for me, would be a little bit negative. If I look back to um, the last time I, I maybe saw that midfield in action, I was over in the Parc de Prince in in Paris, and that wasn't a particularly um, strong Liverpool performance. It's not full of creativity. I mean, maybe he might go for broke and, and play Fabinho, Keita and Mignaldum. I mean, Naby Keita's been saved for something. I was surprised he wasn't played um, in the Merseyside derby. It, it was a shot that Adam Lallana came on at a time when maybe Naby Keita could have drove forward and, and took the, the fight to Everton in, in the last moments. But... I mean, will Shakiri get get a look in? Because he's someone that obviously knows Bayern Munich very well. He knows the Allianz very well. Um, he's someone who um, can play under pressure and he will play, be playing in a familiar stadium. Well, also for me, that that's Naby Keita. So whilst I would like to see an exciting midfield three that can maybe you know give creativity to the front three, it wouldn't surprise me to see a... Um, an experienced three go and, and maybe some substitutions later on, depending on how the first half goes. But um, if I was Jurgen Klopp, I, I would go as attacking as I could because this Bayern side can leak goals. And as as I've said a few times, you know, one goal isn't worth two, but it pretty much is if we're going to draw. And um, if Liverpool can get one goal and there's a creativity on the pitch to maybe get another, you know, that adds, uh, adds a real different dimension. I think we saw with Tottenham, um, midweek, the week that's just gone against Borussia Dortmund, 
Tottenham supped up 20 shots against them in the first half and Harry Kane had one chance and scored and that's the sort of thing that Liverpool are going to need. They're going to need the creativity to get that one chance to either um, Mane or either to Salah or to Firmino if he's back or Origi if he plays or Shakiri if he's up there. So um, it's about taking that opportunity and, and having a midfield three that can be creative enough to, to expose that opportunity. So I would hope it's an attacking midfield but as I say, I wouldn't be surprised if there's uh, if there's a dash of experience in there as well. Yeah, Cater is the big question mark at the moment, isn't it? You know, as you mentioned, we, we all expected him to be involved in the Merseyside derby, uh, almost bizarrely left on the substitutes bench, not used. Um, it'd be interesting to see whether he's actually used this weekend. But you, as you mentioned, he's played uh, in the Alliance before. He's played against Bayern before. Um, he's done well against them, and and I think something else that's quite interesting is, as they mentioned on the uh, the Anfield Index on the AI Pro on the the Under Pressure podcast, you know he's a fantastic presser of the ball. He really, really is, and he's got, you know, his numbers are, are supreme in that. You know, winning the ball, and if we are to assume that that Bayern have to try and start this game positively, they're going to have possession, look to look to move the ball around, having a player in there with that intent, someone who wins the ball and is then involved in the creative situations, given the, the situation, given the game that, need, that Liverpool like to play, you think whether or not Cater starts could, you know, could be a real sort of decisive factor for how Liverpool progress throughout the, you know, in this, in the second leg. Yeah, and I'm hoping to see Naby Keita at some point because Liverpool haven't got that many games left to play um, and they've also got some very important games coming up. If you take out the Bayern game, there's games against Spurs, there's games against Chelsea and there's even difficult games um, away from home against Newcastle and, and Cardiff who are fighting for their lives. So even if maybe Klopp doesn't see Naby Keita in, for the foreseeable future, he needs to be able to give the opportunity for um, Wijnaldum to have a break if, if he if he doesn't see Cater playing in these in these games in the Premier League because he's not Premier League ready then I would maybe say that um, he's Champions League ready in a in a stadium he knows well and as you've said against a team he knows well because that would then give the likes of Wijnaldum a rest to be able to play away against Fulham who are fighting for their lives to play home against Tottenham who are doing fantastically well in the Champions League and I've still got maybe a fighting chance should something bizarrely happen to both City and Liverpool Tottenham will be there to pick up that mantle and push on for the title so um, it's not just, I think, about playing this buying game. It's about playing what the remaining seven, eight matches to the rest of the season and, and giving the squad a chance to, to be on the best footing to fight for what's left of, of a title race. So um, I, I personally hope that we see a very attacking Liverpool side because if Liverpool can beat Bayern Munich, I think it gives them a great springboard going into the Fulham game and going into the Spurs game and a Southampton game and a Chelsea game. I think they're probably the hardest um, four games that Liverpool have got left for the rest of the season. And then you know, you're asking Manchester City to play some very tough games against a very good Manchester United side at the moment. That derby's coming up. So um, there is scope for Liverpool to to maybe go back in front of City and how how's the situation going to unfold for the rest of the season. But Liverpool need to be in there. And I think a, a big win or, or any sort of victory in, in the Alliance gives Liverpool a springboard from match days 31 to 38 in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I agree. I think yeah, this this opportunity knocks here for Liverpool. It really does. And 
I suppose finally, though, you know, as as we mentioned at the top of the show, you know, we really built it up ahead of the first leg. What we expected, you know, a Titanic battle, um, all those vulnerabilities of buying to to be unpicked. Uh, do you do you actually see this happening then in this second leg? Because obviously, like we said, you know, the first leg, as often first legs can be, though, is much more of a tight affair. It's now all on the line. It's nil nil. Buying at home, got to go for it. Does, is this set up for for the game that we actually expected to see in the first leg? Do you, do you think we are going to get much more of an open game? We are going to see Liverpool unpick those vulnerabilities that uh, Bayern have shown us so often throughout this season. I'd hope so because um, this this is pretty much a one off game. It's um, you can call it a final if you want because it doesn't matter now. The first leg's gone. It's nil nil. Neither side's got. Um, any advantage so it's a one-off game and you'd expect both these sides to go at each other and maybe even more so if you look at the way the rest of the Champions League has unfolded um you know Tottenham I think are very good I don't know if they've got the experience to go all the way um Ajax similarly have have beaten the three times back-to-back champions Um, whilst they're a very good side have they got the staying power to go through this Manchester United side under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a good side um, but you know, have they got the the quality to get through the latter stages? So, and, and the same with Porto. I personally think the winner comes from Tuesday and Wednesday's matches. I think the overall winner of the competition, um, you'd expect Atletico Madrid to get past Juventus, um, barring some sort of, of Juventus wonder show in, in, in their home stadium. Manchester City scored three away goals. You'd expect them to get through. Um, and then it, it's a one-off game in Barcelona against Lyon. But this is a side of the group I expect the winner to come from. So I think both Bayern and Liverpool will, will know the way the competition's shaping up, that the last eight will probably be the closest last eight for maybe the last five, six, seven, eight years. So not only have they got an eye on this game, they should eye on the rest of the competition because whoever goes through from from this particular round... Um, into the quarter final has got one of the best chances of winning the competition outright. Yeah, it 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 certainly promises to be quite something. And as we spoke about before the first leg, you know, there's these both these clubs have a tremendous amount of history that you know they are both huge huge clubs, and and they haven't played each other that many times. So it's it's always um. It, it's always nice to get one over a, a big rival in in this kind of situation. So, and like you said, Chris, you know that the competition's opening up, the holders are out, um, it's 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 there. You know, PSG, another expensively assembled side, they're gone. You know, it is opening up. There's a real opportunity there. So, both teams may have one eye on their domestic title, but there's a real opportunity to to uh, to win a trophy here in the Champions League. So um, I, I think given all of that, um, the atmosphere at the Allianz should be electric and I, I do fancy it to be uh, a much better, much more entertaining game than the first leg. Me too. And and I think both sides can attack um, and I think both sides can be frail at the back on occasion. Um, so I think it will be... I think it'll be a score draw and Liverpool will go through um, on, on the away goal rule that nobody likes unless your team goes through. <laughs> yeah. So I, last last thing I've got to ask you then, um, I've got to I've got to put you on the spot and what is and, and ask you what is your match prediction then? What what do you see happening? Uh, I see Bayern scoring very early on um, 
and Liverpool getting hopefully getting one back just before the break um, to go in 1-1 um, and then something similar later on uh, I think it'll be 2-2 and Liverpool go through on away goals mm, I, I must admit I do quite fancy it to finish a score draw I, before before the first leg I, I had the feeling that Liverpool would win the home leg Bayern would win their home leg and it would just be a matter of who scored the most goals in the process but um, after what we've seen, I don't know. I, I I do I do think we're going to get a score draw. So it's I think I think a nervy night as well as <laughs> as well as an exciting one. Well, it's going to be a nervy night because it's Liverpool in Europe and and they won't do it easy. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Liverpool go two goals behind and pull back and draw two two. But uh, yeah, you can always count on Liverpool putting their supporters through the mill, but maybe just being all right at the end. Yeah, they, they they certainly like to test our blood pressure, don't they? <laughs> they do. <laughs> uh, and and w- one last thing, what what can the Liverpool away support expect in Munich? Oh well, uh, lots of beer, um, lots of bratwurst. Uh, they do a great bratwurst. Uh, they do a great currywurst inside the Allianz. Um, they they do. Oh, I don't think they'll be able to do beer on a Champions League night. It might be alcohol free, but. They'll get a really warm reception in Munich. Um, obviously, Liverpool are, are a big side um, and they've got supporters all over the world. And there is a Liverpool supporters club in Germany um, and they are hosting a night uh, on the Tuesday night. Um, so there's, a, there's a, a big event planned and I think a boss night are part of that. And um, maybe a few, I don't know if Red Men TV are, are part of that as well, but I definitely know a boss night are a part of that. Um, so there'll be lots going on inside the city. It's it's a very nice city. Um, it's a very old, pretty city. There's lots to see, lots to do. Um, I'm I'll be there from Monday. Um, I'm also going to um, what is arguably the biggest match in Munich for people of Munich because Bayern are a little like Liverpool and a little like Manchester United. Is in the uh, bring their support from all over the country. Um, but I'm going to what's known as the S-Bahn Derby on Tuesday night, which is 1860 Munich against Unterhaching. Um, and I believe there's quite a few Reds going to that as well. So that'll be very interesting. That's a third division match, a dry league match, um, but it will be, it's sold out already uh, and the atmosphere there will be phenomenal. So if any Reds are going there, um, enjoy that because that will arguably be um, a, a bigger melting pot than the game the night after. But um, whilst all eyes will be, on on Germany for for Wednesday night. Um, try and get to that game if you can. As I say, it is a sellout. Um, and eighteen sixty, even though they're in the third division, do sell out every home game. So it might be a little bit difficult. But there's lots going on in and around the city, and it's a beautiful city. And just enjoy. Yeah, it sounds like an awful lot of fun. So Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, been a pleasure as ever to uh, to talk talk about the game. Cheers, mate. Thank you. I'd say it's always a pleasure to speak and let's hope that, um, well, we can't get a nil-nil, can we? Let's hope we get a very exciting game. Yes, yes, indeed. So uh, there you have it, folks. Um, Liverpool going across to Germany, taking on Bayern Munich, as we've spoken about. Um, all to play for, nil-nil, second leg. Uh, there's a place in the uh, in the quarterfinals beckoning. Can Liverpool do it? Let's hope so. Um, but that's it for this uh, for this preview of your Champions League here on Anfield Index. Hopefully we will be back to preview a quarterfinal leg. Let's just see how they get on. But uh, as Chris said, look, it should be a tremendous night and it should be a great atmosphere for for any Reds there to enjoy. So uh, hopefully till next time, let's let's enjoy it. Uh, Up the Reds and from me, Andy Wills, it's bye-bye now.
Social Podcast Network.